From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. It is school day game, kids day game, whatever you call it. Ole Miss playing Murray State at 11 o'clock this morning from Swayze Field. We'll talk a good bit of spring football today. The Rebels had a scrimmage on Saturday that we teased it today as far as talking about it. So we'll open up with uh, that in a few minutes. And we'll discuss some recruiting, some NIL going on, specifically at Tennessee in the wake of what they believe to be an $8 million deal for their quarterback commit. Uh, some overall quarterback recruiting is one of Ole Miss's targets set to make a decision to somewhere other than the Rebels today. And uh, plenty more. That's coming up on today's show. show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know, to uh, get the lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides, bread, 32-ounce drink. Also, uh, trying to give you $10, we can do that by uh, taking a picture of the QR code right there at the pump when you're filling up on Highway 6, and it will take you to the Exxon Mobile app. 1,000 bonus points. 1,000 bonus points equals $10 with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Well, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, it's right to the bottom line. They always say there's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, the rest completely up to you. And um, it's a pretty simple. What I recommend that you do is hop into a Clark Ford. I've got one, got several actually. And um, you get ready to add another car to the uh, to the McCready fleet come this fall. Oh, Very excited about that. <clears throat> um, yeah, so um, get a great service. The service is amazing. Products are great. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be a truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest, join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, appetizers, full bar, great beer selection, all that and more at Rafters on the Square in Oxford and Rafters in New Albany. So, um, again, kids' day game, 11 o'clock. Drew McDaniel on the mound for the uh, Rebels against the Racers. They are now the Racers in every sport. They used to be the thoroughbreds in baseball and the mm. Racers and everything else. But They have changed it because it offended somebody or what? Well, Confusing? I mean, no, I, th- I don't think any horses were offended. But I think when you're uh, when you're already a segment of horse in multiple – you might as well just make it simple. Like, it's one thing if you have, like, a male-female kind of mascot difference, but – I think we can just all be the racers and it'll be all right moving okay. forward for Murray State. Just making sure. I just yeah. didn't know. Didn't know. Uh, people change mascots a lot. That's been a pretty pretty current thing or nicknames or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'll just tell you, I feel safer these days. It's the Cleveland Guardians. Yes. I feel. I just feel better. I don't think that's clicked in my head yet. I'm having a hard time getting there still. I watched part of a Guardians game yesterday. Did you? Against the Royals. And it was it was weird. Okay. Yep. Um, but I felt safer. As I said, good event. Glad Ole Miss does it. The kids' day game's good. Um, just hope everybody's safe as I harp on every year. I get terrified of foul balls because, yep. I mean, what is it? I think it's for like first through fifth grade or something like that. I mean, those kids are not paying attention. No. Um, balls rifle into the stands pretty hard yep. from time to time. 
typically pretty pretty fortunate with it, so I will be just on edge a little for three hours today. But that's that is my thought um, every mm-hmm. single year. But yep. Otherwise, good event. Looks like they're gonna get good weather. It's like in the low eighties or something today. Is there a uh, high of eighty two today? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, look, Ole Miss. It's it's unless you lose it, it is a it is a nothing game. Um, they've struggled in these kids' day games over the years, though. They lost lost to UNA in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, they got swept by UAB in a kids' day series a couple years ago. That was not a good day. I remember when the kids rioted after that. They were very upset. They were upset. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that the kids could tell you who wins these games when they're over, um, the majority, but... I will yeah. say this on baseball. We spent uh, the whole show on baseball yesterday, so we'll, we'll move on quickly to other topics. The the people that are saying there is no path to the tournament, you're wrong. Now, it, it's a... A hosting path is complicated. A hosting path is almost impossible. Yeah, that takes a hell of a run. you got to get on a real run. But but a very conservative path gets you to 14. I mean, it's it's really simple. It's. I mean, it's not simple to do. It's, but it's. But it's not difficult to. You, you win two at South Carolina, you win two at home against Mississippi State, you win one at Arkansas, you win two at home against Missouri, you win one at LSU, and two at home against Texas A and M, and that's fourteen. And you'd be in the tournament. Now you'd be a three seed in somebody's regional, and the path out of that regional would be. But you can get in the tournament. That, that's my thing. The some of the hyperbole at this point's a little. Silly. I mean, you get you be as hyperbolic as you want to, but the people that go, there's just no path. Yeah, there is. There's a path. And now you go get swept at South Carolina this weekend, and you start throwing that out the window. Well, right. Sure. So, you know, but you could go over there. Because not getting two in Columbia makes it even that much more complicated. You just keep pushing yeah. it and pushing it yeah. and pushing it. And at it. some point, you run out of time. But, but there's plenty of track right now to get to 14. If you're six and nine at the break, you can get to fourteen. Mm-hmm. All it takes is eight and seven the rest of the way. It's yeah. not, it's, yeah, not asking. Do you have to play better than you're playing now? Yes. Ultimately, that's what it's about. You have to play better. You have to find a way to pitch better. You have to have better approach at the plate. Blah blah blah. But just, I just was straightening that out because people were like, "There's just no way." And I was like, yeah, there is. No, no, no. It's it, the the it's, thing that is very hard to find is to be one of the top sixteen. Getting to 17 is very complicated right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because I just laid out a path to 14, so you have to take three more, obviously. You'd have to win two this week and then go like 11 and four or something on the other side. Well, one of those twos, you'd have to turn into a sweep. Yeah. Maybe one of those road series in Fayetteville or LSU, instead of winning one, you got to win two. But the path I just laid out is pretty realistic. It's only winning one road series. It's winning South Carolina. And it's included no sweeps. I mean, you could conceivably sweep Missouri. Anyway. Hmm. Tennessee's playing a wood bat game today, huh? That's interesting. Oh. Yeah, sure. I'm for gimmicks. No problem. Once or twice. No, no, it's fine. Colleges can't afford wood bats before that gets asked. Yeah, it's no. not doable. No. Wood bats for a season are hellaciously expensive. Yeah, even the SEC schools would, would not want to no. put that expense. And the other schools would go, "That's it, we're out." Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. So, and there's frankly, they've made these bats. Look, they're not wood, but they're pretty damn close. They've made these bats as safe as they can make them at this point. I mean, you're not. This is not the rocket launchers from the late '90s at all. Hold on, Tony Vitello's calling. Well, the bats out of the factory are very <laughs> safe and very similar to wood. Um, you know, prior to any any shaving the. the 
I, I, he was talking about face shaving, Tony. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Just relax. All right. Yeah, good luck with the wood today. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. You are going to laugh if Tennessee gets beat like three to one and can't hit the ball today, aren't you? <laughs> it would be amusing. <laughs> if a lot of a lot of fly balls. Yeah. yeah. Damn, they just can't seem to get anything out of that uh, gap over there. I don't know. What's the wind doing today? Uh, son of a bitch. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, the bad thing with them takes away from how well they've pitched. That's true. You know, they've they and, and played defense. So, anyway. <sighs> Football. Guess we'll talk about that. Yeah. Week four. Sure. <laughs> they've had two scrimmages. They had a sort of. No, they've had two. Well, the first one wasn't really a scrimmage either. They've had well, no, Lane scrimmage. clarified we practiced and just came out and did some team stuff. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I don't even cared, but that was the. Saturday felt like, to me, this past Saturday, it was a thud scrimmage until the end. They let the fourth team guys tackle one another. In case you guys wondered where you stood on the roster, now you know. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then it felt like, because. Because uh, Watkins didn't play, a lot of dudes. Trigg didn't play. Kelly, they, they they ran no tight ends until the scout team right. or the service team. Mingo didn't play. Kelly didn't play. Knox is hurt. Yeah, Knox is hurt. It felt like to me. All right, Dennis, um, you're up. You're up. Show us something, anything. It felt like that kind of scrimmage, or he was by far. The most, the closest to the rotation of any receiver out there. Yeah. You know, it's. I remember last spring, and I'm, this is not because I know with the hardcore football fan, they love spring football. That's fine. I get it. We go cover it. We'll go cover it today. Um, remember last spring watching Lane Kiffin at spring football? You know, he's not particularly like. Engaged? Yeah. I was trying to think of a word that wouldn't be offensive, but but engaged was the word that was on my mind. Um. I just don't think he's particularly concerned about, hey, how productive are we going to be on this series this spring? And so they're not adjusting on the fly, for example. They're not, hey, the defense is bringing a lot of pressure. Let's run a screen. He says, no, we're going to follow the script. We're going to do whatever. Um, That felt like a we're out here because we're supposed to be. And we're bringing recruits out. We need to just show them that we have fun and that we get work in. That. It it didn't have a hey this is a critical practice feel to it. Maybe you disagree. You were out there. We walked in at the same time. Yeah. No. He. The defense is ahead of the offense, but it was on. It was ahead of the offense on Saturday, like we said, for a couple different reasons. A, and this plays into the actual topic. They couldn't move the football, as Neil said. They did nothing to try to really move the football outside of what they were just running anyway. Yeah. When the defense, though, also knows that there are no tight ends on the field, there's no help off the edge anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get to the quarterback because, I mean, Partridge, it felt like the defense was actually playing for real, I guess is my point. It felt like the defense was scheming the offense despite the offense not scheming back. Is that fair to some extent? It's probably fair, yeah. And I think, you know, I think Chris is – look, this is his first time – at the college level, to be the guy calling the defense. So these are important 
opportunities He's for reading, him. He's reading, moving, sure, yeah. and doing things. I, I thought they were more locked in from that standpoint. Yeah, Lane yeah. was not locked in. No, like, the most locked in Lane was the entire day was he wanted a celebration penalty in the red zone on his at defense. The at the end. Yes, at yeah. the end. Yeah. They couldn't get in the end zone. They were having a hard time kind of kind of cracking the seal up there, and he – he was frustrated by a uh, what, what he believed to be a taunting penalty on one of the cornerbacks. Yeah, and maybe it was AJ Finley. I forget who it was. Yeah, who was not in the game. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I mean, there was because that led to Nick Broker for some reason over on the defensive side griping about it. So Nick came jokingly. Nick came completely across the field. Yeah, to taunt. I think AJ for getting the penalty, <laughs> and at that point you realize this is this is. Not particularly real at this point. No, 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 no. Obviously, if Nick ever goes across the field and taunts another SEC team, it will be a big story. And would be really unlike Nick, uh, frankly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. He was he was a joke. It was, yes, they were. Yeah. They told, at that point, somebody yelled that he was not belong over here. You don't belong here. <laughs> yes. Which kind of felt, you know, offensive at that yeah. point. And I left. Uh, no, it, it, it's fine. It's just spring football. I don't know. They, they've got. They've done a really good job of using these Saturdays as recruiting opportunities. They've done a really good job of that. And not and they've I'm going to give them props for this because previous staffs have said, "Hey, we're going to be really selective with who we bring in on Saturday and then Saturday is this cattle call." You look up and there's 400 kids. And you're like, "You guys have no idea who's here at this point." You know what I mean? And these this this staff has been pretty good about Making it 20-ish. Mm-hmm. Where even guys who legitimately aren't going to get offered get attention. And I've said this, and I think I'm right. Some of these guys are people that they look at as maybe even long-term. Like, hey, you know, we'll see you in the portal one day. You'll remember that we were good to you. And they brought in people from really good high school programs, feeder programs. Made sure that coaches, you know... um, High school coaches feel like they've their kids have gotten attention and stuff like that. That's important. Mm-hmm. So they've done a really good job of that. Now, in saying all that, a lot of the weapons weren't out there. Ole Miss was full strength in the backfield, although Evans didn't really get a lot of carries. They gave Bullock a ton of carries mm-hmm. on uh, on Saturday. And when you're not – you're full pads and you're tackling, but you're not necessarily tackling, it, it, it's hard to really get a lot of – establishment in the run game because things are not 100% physical. So it's a little bit of a weird thing there. And the quarterback struggled for multiple reasons um, on Saturday. Altmaier was still fairly efficient, but there was nothing down the field, and he was in trouble from a protection standpoint the entire day. Um, Dart, frankly, had kind of a bad day from what we could tell. Um, Threw a couple picks. Again, got flushed from the pocket. There There was so much pressure off the edge that the quarterbacks were consistently having to move up, move up in the pocket, get dance around, throw yeah. on the run. Look, Jackson made a couple of throws yeah. that if you make them in an SEC game, you're going to cost your team an opportunity to win. Yeah, it's I mean, let's it's just be, picks let's and maybe six the other way. Yeah, you're throwing um, into the middle of the field in coverage. His biggest miss, and again, we've just seen we've ju- we've just seen three, you know, two two to three practices, scrimmages, whatever, but. His miss has been very very consistent, which is up and over the middle of the field. He's high over the middle of the field, his darts, consistent miss. Yeah, and he's thrown into coverage, which I don't know whether that's 
an inability at this point to read the coverage or whether that's a kind of a gunslinger sort of a, a yeah. mentality. I mean, again, he's still it's worth repeating. He's very young. Yeah. I mean, Chet has a point. He said that the defense was disguising coverage as they were and that Dart was struggling to get the ball to the right place on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having very little time to do it. I just kind of have a hard time going too far with it because you're not scheming, number one. Number two, you didn't have Mingo out there. You didn't have Trigg out there. Let's be real. You didn't have Deion Smith or no, you didn't have your Willie Keith out there, and you weren't you weren't particularly concerned about it. Look, some of this is you want to get some stuff on film. You want to get these quarterbacks under duress on film and see who makes better decisions. You said it when we were out there, too, though. You look at this, and we don't – you know, Jalen Knox apparently had a good year as far as practice last year. Mm-hmm. He's been hurt pretty much the entire time that we've been available to see him. don't think he's out long, but he's got a fractured foot or whatever it is. Um, Malik Heath and Deion Smith better be ready to go. They got to they, they gotta play when yeah, they get here. Honestly, one of them's got to step up as the number two. Mingo's going to be the number one. And Trigg, but he's limited in skill set. And Trigg's a tight end, and Trigg's a young tight end. Yeah. You know, I mean. Casey Kelly's pretty damn valuable right now to be that yeah. mature, older player. I mean, yeah. They, well, I think Jordan Watkins does what he does pretty well, but, it's, again, it's not a full skill set. Right. It's. I know we're being repetitive. I like for this team that the first half of its schedule is what it is. They have some time to work some things out because I think there are things to work out. That's why I'm 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 not aboard the ten and two train. The people that are talking about ten wins, I just I just don't think that's realistic. I really don't. I'm not saying it won't happen, but if you gave me if you said, Hey, ten wins, nine and a half wins over under, I'm gonna go under. Easy without even a moment's hesitation. Sure, some of that just feels. Second half of that season is second half of that schedule is rough. It's it's difficult to to navigate. But they'll be better than they are today, and I think it's whoever's the quarterback is. And they're both going to improve, but it's a it's a big summer for them. It's a big you know August will be important, and then it's good that they have those four games in September that. I, I think it would be difficult to lose one of them. They'd have to play really poor. I mean, Georgia Tech might be closer than people want it to be and stuff like that, but I think it would I think you'd be pressed to lose one of those first four games. So you have some time with young quarterbacks to even play two quarterbacks to figure out which which guy's your better bet going into league play. And I don't think he's in this competition, but if Kincaid Dent decided to play elsewhere, he can play somewhere. Yeah. He think- he actually looked okay Saturday. I thought he had the best day if we're just and now he's not playing the ones and you right. got you got to put all the caveats in it. But as far as just moving around and throwing the football, he was fine on Saturday. Yeah, um, I thought he managed the offense well. Yeah, got rid of the ball, um, was accurate in the short game. Yeah, I think Kincaid does some good things. Look, there was a reason that Lane Kiffin went up to him in, in uh, late in the in, in the bowl prep mm-hmm. and said, "Come back." You know, because there were some rumors and rumblings, and how much of it was real, I have absolutely no idea. But you know, hey, don't don't bolt. 
we will see as time goes on just what those coverage skills are on the defensive side. Uh, Ladarius Tennyson was very active in the run game, hellaciously active in the run game. Yeah, that was the, that was the the book on him, and I, I thought Chris did a pretty good job of not getting him out in one on one coverage. They let him get close to the line and mm-hmm. be physical, and that's what basically he, played a linebacker. And that's what he's good at. I mean, he's a physical guy. Yeah, he. He was a half-second decision from getting really in trouble for hitting Jackson Dart, but otherwise uh, it, 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 yeah. it worked out. He's, I think he sort of forgot the color of the jersey, and they had a little bit of a pop there. But I did think the defense looks good. I think they've looked good pretty consistently all spring, which is you – know. They're very active on the back half. I don't know that they have a star back there, but they're very good on the back half just yeah. overall. Got a bunch of guys who can play. Yeah. Um Hughes has played pretty well in early. They haven't gotten Austin Keys back yet. I mean, a linebacker is a little bit of a concern for me, but when the most talented guy is not back from injury, I have a hard time fully putting putting stock on that. Plus, Troy Brown is not full contact all the time. He's still right. dealing with whatever he's dealing with. I mean, they're they're limited out of injury there as much as anything else. And then up front, they've got people. It's kind of like the back end a little bit. They've, they've got more options than maybe I thought they did. You know, replacing Sam Williams one versus one is not going to happen. But for the most part, I'm a little more optimistic on the defensive front than I was coming in. Um, I think Cedric Johnson looks terrific. He has looked good. You know. For whatever that's worth. I mean, I think it's probably worth a lot. I mean, I – Look, I'm I'm biased. I like I like Cedric. I'm cheering for Cedric. He's one of my favorite kids on that team. But but he looks great. He knows he knows he's being compared to Sam Williams. He's not running from it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I mean, I remember when this previous staff it was Tyler Siski and those guys when they committed him yeah. that summer. They they were excited about him. Yeah. And when the and when the New staff got in. They looked at the commitments, and he was one of the ones that like. Let's go see him immediately. Yeah, they liked him a lot. So this is this is an example of good scouting and and good development and finding a dude. Yeah, yeah, finding somebody who was going to grow and fill out and yes, and he has. Yeah, it's he's kind of the old school recruiting development that you don't. We'll talk about recruiting a little bit in a bit the, that you don't really see as much of that now. Like you wonder if in today's era of college football would Cedric Johnson have gotten an SEC offer and I don't know it would have been close he'd have been that dude that goes somewhere else blows up and then becomes hey why don't you go up in the portal and yeah we'll yeah we'll grab you the guy who goes to Troy or South Alabama and dominates as a freshman and all of a sudden NIL offers are being whispered yeah and I don't know maybe not Mm -hmm. but you know coming out of high school it was hey he's gonna take a minute but this kid's going to be awesome. His brother grew like the, you know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember talking to Tyler about him. Hope it's not an NCAA violation. Right now. Yeah. They can't retroactively punish for that. I don't think, I mean, they can do what they want, but I doubt it. No, Sammy, I'm still all Henry Parrish. I've got, I'll be watching the Canes all year. I got doing the U, the U. Yeah. and every time Henry goes off, I'm going to see. Told you. <laughs> the backfield's better than last year. I think so. It's better. Yeah. All in all. Yeah. Yeah, there was no Zach Evans on that team. No, Evans is different. Yeah. yeah. And Bentley really serves a role. Judkins doesn't have that breakaway speed. He's also a true freshman. But but he can get you he can he can, he's supposed to be going to prom this week. He's not Yeah, it's, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we'll move on in a second. First two by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by uh, Bell & Grove, based out of Chattanooga. Daryl Oliver, Evan Dial built Bell & Grove, a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can uh, navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rate possible for their customers. In addition, Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Whether your business is in need of uh, moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They uh, provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information, call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557. Um, don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Brought to you by The Rogue. Uh, it's the, your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, Duckhead, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or TheRogue.com. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. Yesterday, we were telling you about how they can help you if you're looking for a job. But what if your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent? Service Specialists can help. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662 662- 832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com and I'll have a uh, mailbag up at some point tomorrow. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222, right there on South Lamar in Oxford, or on the square in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs that deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync to be prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, you have what you need when you need it with G&M. Again, 662-236-2222. Just because I was curious, I pulled up that Tennessee thing. Um, their first wood bat uh, game since an exhibition against uh, the Tennessee Smokies in 2006. So there's uh, there's that, and they're playing at the uh, at the Smoky Stadium today. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that is. Uh, that is. Correct. Who are they playing? Tennessee Tech. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, my apologies. <laughs> but yes, that guy's back at Tennessee Tech. That head coach, the right fielder. The head coach, oh, the head coach. Matt Braga. Yeah. Went to Rice and got fired within like 18 months or some shit. Like, and then Tennessee didn't go well. said, we'll bring you back. Yeah, hey. You know, that's, yeah. 
up today is not difficult. Um, if you're curious, the uh, just a quick aside: the NBA postseason begins tonight with the play-in thinger, Bob. Absolutely. Uh, Who's it tonight? Spurs, Pels. It's uh, Cavs, Nets, six o'clock, and Clippers, T Wolves, eight thirty today. Okay, is Ethan Roberts? Is he the Tennessee Tech kid? Ethan Roberts was a Tennessee Tech kid. Yeah, he's on the Cubs. Isn't he made his debut um, yeah, Saturday was. against the Brewers. Yeah, that's the Tennessee Tech kid. Yeah, he worked the uh, the ninth inning on Saturday. There you go. How about that? You've seen him play? I have. <laughs> Didn't even realize. Didn't I not put that together until now. What did he? Was he an outfielder? No, he was their ace, wasn't he? I don't know. I mean, this is all running together, but I thought he was the guy that they just pitched the shit out of over the course of the week. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. How about that? Yeah, he was the one that kind of went viral when David Ross came over to him in the dugout at spring training and told him he'd made the team and he started crying. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't say this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. Look at you over there, getting all kind of giddy now. I know. Well, he seems, seems like a good dude. Tennessee Tech, huh? I'm just messing with Ginger at this point. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull it up in Wikipedia and run down their, yeah. their, their school issue. So, yeah, Cavs, Nets, Clips, T-Wolves tonight. Uh, both games on TNT for, uh, for that one. Um, Clippers have Paul George back from injury. Anyway, yeah, okay. sure. Don't give them much chance here. Well, I'm, I'm hoping the Clippers don't make the, quote, playoffs because if they don't, then – the Thunder own their pick this year. Okay, gotcha. I cheer for Clippers losses. Okay, you you, you cheer for a lot of losses. Uh, yeah. Pretty much we do. You yeah. cheer for losses. Yes, yes, yes. You don't really care who wins. You just cheer for. I losses. think it's been confusing for other people in the house when Carson and I are pissed that the Thunder are trying to win a game. Yeah, they were like, "Hold on, I, yeah, yeah." When Carson yelled, "Stop trying!" That was funny. Because kind of how I felt. Like, Sunday they lost the finale by 50. And I'm like, why didn't you do this a week earlier? Yeah. So, this plays in. I'm trying to think which way to go first. Um, is it better to do quarterback recruiting into the Tennessee thing or the Tennessee thing into the quarterback recruiting? Um, Six of one, half a dozen. I know. Yeah. It's kind of – they're all interrelated, sort of, kind of. The Tennessee thing is probably where to start. Because this is becoming, I was talking to someone kind of industry yesterday, mm-hmm. recruiting industry, who was talking about how kids know about Nico Imaliva's NIL deal. Yes. And they're trying to use it as a market setter. And that's extreme. It's becoming frustrating for other programs to try to explain that this is a number one, this is a one off. Number two, he's as Andy Staples wrote, it's kind of a walking brand. Yeah, you you've got the perfect combination of a kid who's very talented, was going to be a high level quarterback recruit. He plays the right position, and he has an understanding of how to market himself in this world as well as pretty much anybody. Um, and it just shows you. I mean, yeah, it's a one off. This is not going to be consistent across the board and happen all the time. But it does show you what you potentially are running into with high level recruits. That it won't be a complete anomaly. For especially, sure. especially quarterbacks. So Nico Amavaliva, six foot six. Um, he plays all of his seven on seven in these like pajama pants that are loud and colorful, and that is on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. yep. That is that is oh, the thing he's there. building a brand. 
He committed to Tennessee. Um, the Athletic in March talked about the $8 million NIL star. His name was not used, but it's easy to surmise that Ima Oliva is the, is the guy behind that. Yeah, um, it's Nico. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that's happened is uh, Spire Sports, a Knoxville-based uh, marketing agency, which does a ton of NIL stuff, even beyond Tennessee. Um, they uh, they were involved here, and they noticed within an hour after uh, I'm believe was showing up for an official visit to Tennessee, the quarterback was in a meet and greet with Tennessee fans at a Knoxville ice cream shop. Just like literally during the during the visit, it was almost automatic. It's already having to do some of these promotions for part mm-hmm. of the deal, even before he. Even before he signs, which gets into the other, but whatever. It's a gray area. Oh, it's a, it's illegal, but yeah, it's not gray. It's illegal, but nothing's being done. No, no, no. I yeah. didn't say it was going to get punished. I said it was right. illegal. Two different things. Yeah. When asked about the deal, I'm going to leave his father. Just gave a no comment. Did not say anything. Smart. Moved on with his business. That's smart. He uh, has been marketing even beyond the other sports already. I'm going to leave a um, was in on the inside joke when. Tony Vitello um, was doing the interview after having the bat taken away against Vanderbilt last Friday night. He uh, made a joke that Jordan Beck, the player that was that hit the home run, uh, forged his transcript and is actually a 35-year-old named Mike Concho um, <laughs> during the uh, the yeah. interview. Yeah. Let me think he doth protest, protest a little much, but anyway. Um, Tennessee rallied behind the alter ego enough to get T-shirts made, and then I'm a believer went on uh, Instagram Live wearing a Honcho shirt this past week, which then he promotes to his followers, and all the money goes back to Beck for an NIL deal. So there was a oh that cross promotion. It's actually pretty smart. That was a little cross promotion and synergy there going on. So look. The eight million dollar thing, I think it's it's two over four, right? Is that the way it's written out? Isn't that correct? I'm not sure. I think that's the way it's written out. That's not going to be able to be possible in most schools, even for the number one player in the class. It's a very small select number of schools. No, it's been it's very few players who are going to do that. Look, on top of this, I mean, I, I can tell you this: I, there are. There are high high profile programs that had Nico above Arch on their quarterback board. I know that Rivals has Arch ranked number one. There are high profile programs that believe Nico's the better overall prospect. <clears throat> I mean, he's big time. And if he's as good as people think he is, he's worth every nickel of this for Tennessee. But from a recruiting standpoint, You've got some guys that are seeing it going, okay, well, if he's worth that, then I'm worth whatever the extrapolation is. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And people are like, no, it just doesn't work like that, champ. Well, it's, I mean, coming full circle and not to pick on them, but it's why all these NIL valuations are dumb on the internet because it is completely dependent on where you go and what's available and what the situation is and who else is getting NILs at the school you're going to. It's not a base number where there's just a salary cap and you go, yeah, that's what I get because this is what my stats say and here's what the contract's worth. No, it's not, it's not the deal here. Um, but it's, it's, it's a factor in quarterback recruiting for damn sure. It, it's playing a role in that. And it's where this has become fairly fascinating for Ole Miss. Um, I don't know if it's NIL related. I mean, it is NIL related, but it also was just them figuring out what the hell to do here. Um, as uh, another another quarterback falling off the board today, correct? Yeah, Chris Vizina, the quarterback from uh, Birmingham, 
Broward Christian who visited Ole Miss early in the spring, maybe the first Saturday. Um, he's committing to Clemson today. I mean, unless it's some shock. It, everyone is projecting Clemson, and I heard Clemson yesterday, so I'm, I'm assuming it is Clemson. He's kind of coming off the board, and so you – so for Ole Miss, there was a list of, what, about six quarterbacks? They they they, they were interested in Nico, obviously. They, they never really got very far down that road. Arch Manning, Chris Vizina, Marcel Reed, Jaden Rashada. Am I forgetting anybody? I think that's the group. That's pretty much the group. They want to get one of those guys. So Vizina's off the board. Nico's obviously off the board. I personally believe Arch is off the board, which kind of takes you down to two guys. And I think, and I wrote this in, in Chicks yesterday or Sunday. I don't remember. Some of the days run together. There's been a lot of recruiting. If you want to follow recruiting in minutia detail, there's a good bit of it at rebelgrove.com. Um, I think they're going to try to bring Marcel Reed in on the – the Grove Bowl weekend for an official visit that wasn't done yet, but it sounded like it was in the process of getting done. He was at Arkansas last weekend on an unofficial. They're trying to get him to come back for an official sometime in the summer. Um, Jaden Rashada has not been back to Ole Miss in a little while, but he told me he he's going to come back. He went on a visit to Miami and loved it. He's a priority for Miami. Uh, he said the other day he's going to take an official visit to Arkansas as well. So you've kind of got the same group of teams competing for these two guys. And personally, I think Ole Miss is at a place where. Okay, so I'm going to get to that in the next segment, the okay. next question, because that takes a full segment. I guess my question for you to run to that before we go there, because I know where you're going and I don't want to stop in it for a couple minutes, is Reed, Rashada, take Arch out of the equation. Mm hmm. What do you feel like Ole Miss's preferences were in the rest of the group, if you have any idea? I don't know. I don't really know. I th- they like both of them different ways. They're they're similar players. I mean, the Vecina thing kind of comes out of a little bit of a shock. I mean, honestly, it felt a month ago like if there had been a real heavy push there that something might could have gotten and done. There, and there may could have been. You know, yeah. now he wanted to take other visits. And you got to remember, Dabo Sweeney's from Birmingham. Um, I think there are some – there's some alignment from a – cultural slash spiritual slash whatever you want to use for that between that. I think when Clemson got serious about Vizina, kind of was game-changing in, in that regard. So it's, you know, a good job by Dabo, frankly. Um, look, I don't think you can be I'm sure that somebody who knows football a hell of a lot better than I do could take Rashada's film and Reed's film and pick them apart and stuff like that. I, to me, they're pretty similar. They're athletic, dual-threat guys. Um, just want to try to get one of them. But there's a lot of competition. You know, I mean, I like I said, Miami has made Rashada a major priority, and Miami is way ahead on this NIL thing. Miami's really involved in NIL. You said Clemson, so it makes me think of this, is that, and where this is going to be so fascinating, is this kid, this Nico kid's thing, is fully guaranteed, it appears. Yeah. What if he's bad? 
because that comes back to all these really major NIL deals. Sure. That's why I don't think A&M's model year over year is sustainable because you can do it once, but doing that residually is a whole different ball of wax as far as how you pull that off. And you know, take Clemson, for example. So maybe think of this because of the Messina kid. DJ's job's in danger at Clemson this year. Mm-hmm. He's frankly not even the starter in the fall after being so highly regarded and coming in as, hey, the next Trevor Lawrence, and we're not falling off at all, and we're doing all this. Yeah. Something you're the backup, and somebody's paying you $2 million. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about those meet and greets at the ice cream shop anymore. They don't care. That is true. I, I, I'm so excited for it. I can't wait for the big, high-profile kid to, to well, suck. It will happen. I will tell you that I don't think it will be this one. No, no, no. I'm not saying this kid. I yeah. just mean in general. Well, A&M's got several. Now. A&M's got several candidates. Um, from Look, talking to people. Sure. You know me. I, this is... This is one of my strengths. Uh-huh. I know I don't know football, and so I talk to people who do, sure. and they all swear on this kid. They think he's going to grow into an absolute beast. So for Tennessee, this is probably worth every nickel of $8 million. But your, your point stands. There will be the bust that you go, what are we doing? What is this? And it just takes a couple for you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, sure. Because when the guy comes next time, hey, guy, I, I need that NIL for the safety over here. And you go, well, hold on a minute. You told me Jimmy was going to be a right. star. Right. Well, look at what it does to a professional sports. And I sports. paid Jimmy $600,000. Look what it does to a professional sports franchise when you sign a free agent and give him big money and it doesn't work out. I mean, it happens. If it happens at the professional level, it will happen at the college level. Or an injury. That would be more likely to be something that would derail someone like Nico. You know, a serious injury where he's suddenly not particularly marketable. Because you're only marketable if you're out on the field winning games. Both of those. Own it and winning. Yeah. You got to be out there on the field and you got to be winning. team has to be successful all the way around well, ginger brings up a good name i saw it yeah i mean what would what would have happened with you know shay and nil he would have gotten big nil money mm-hmm. big name recruit everybody recruited him number one quarterback Charis- in the country kind of charismatic all that stuff had coattails i mean i remember uh Oh, yeah. Devin White was at his high school signing. That's right. High school commitment deal. Devin White drove over to that. They were tight. Yeah. I remember like, ooh. Yeah. Devin White's a good player. He's a damn good football player. (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, he would have been a bust. That's right. A total disaster from an NIL standpoint. Yeah, you're paying him and Jordan Tiamu's taking the snaps. The yeah. Juco kid you I got mean, from New Mexico or wherever the hell it was. Yeah, so it, it look, it's fascinating. But what is interesting right now is that the market is being established, or at least that's what the kids think and the kids' handlers think and stuff. And this thing, it's just, it's weird. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll get another part of that in a second. Podcast brought to you in part by NE Spark. Service people across rural communities to internet packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. We got it home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's enyspark.com, 662-238-3159. When you call their office, also, if you're in Union or Pontotoc County, you're currently struggling with some uh, internet. They're getting into those areas as well, so you can uh, can give them a call for that also. Again, 662-238-3159.
We are also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, I highly recommend Grenada Nissan just off Interstate 55 in Grenada, Mississippi. They have uh, great deals on new and previously owned Nissan vehicles, great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Uh, we're brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the historic square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, and more. 306 South Lamar, just south of the Square Courthouse in Oxford. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Listen, if you're trying to make a trip this summer or in the holidays or whatever, one that creates a lifetime of uh, unique memories, or if you, and or I should say, if you're starting to get concerned about some of the restrictions coming back and that kind of thing, and you're wanting to make sure that where you're going, you, you know all the rules and everything like that, Highly recommend getting in touch with John. Just give him some parameters, give him a budget, and then sit back and let him give you options. And you know, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle is home to the Pinnacle 401k Advisory Services team where uh, you get in touch with them and they'll conduct a complimentary no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle on the Oxford Exxon podcast and uh, they'll take a little extra care of you there at Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day. Largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. I don't know exactly when or uh, what it's going to look like, but we're going to have a hand raise guys later in the week. Eric Edholm will be a guest on that. We'll talk NFL draft with him. Um, it's brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products, same people, same services, just different names. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. Podcast also brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, right there off Molly Bar in Oxford. It's on White Oak Lane, 662-419-9201. Or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. If you'd like to shoot them an email. They uh, have Easter pre-orders still going on. Almost time to pick those up. So get on it now. They pick up April 14th through 16th. That's an Easter grazing box. That is a uh, a dessert box. Dessert box for different holidays has been very, very popular. And then their uh, carrot cake, which goes very quickly. Cream cheese icing, toasted pecans. It's 8 to 12 or so for, uh, for that. So go to their Instagram page. You can find them at Johnson Hill Creamery or give them a call. Again, 662-419-9201. So I think it's fair to say that for a while, not knowing what he's going to do or now knowing potentially what Arch is going to do as it relates to Ole Miss, Ole Miss has been fairly held hostage by him. Not Arch's fault, but just... Ole Miss has allowed itself, I think, to be somewhat held high. Look... You weren't gonna. You weren't gonna grab a quarterback a year ago with Arch Manning still on the board. You just right. weren't. I think it's the one. Like I don't think a whole lot of things. And he keeps pushing it back. At one point, it was going to be now. Yeah, I don't think a lot of things get in Lane Kiffin's head. That's fair. But I think this does. I mean, 
And I get it. Oh, it's not a criticism. Um, I mean, look, he's tried all he could do. He's he's worn the Manning shirt. They put Manning in the end zone. They did all that stuff for Eli's day that was not all directed at Eli, let's be honest. And it just doesn't appear it's going to happen. I, I think Ole Miss is running fourth. I think Georgia's running third. I think he's down to two schools, really. I really do. I think that's, in reality, I think they're two schools. There's Texas and Alabama. One is probably the very safe football pick. And one is, there's a tremendous amount of NIL out there. I mean, more than me. And now that's a good point, Randall. He's he's holding Alabama hostage as well. It's not just Ole Miss. Yeah, but look, there's different. There's not the cachet. If, if, look, Nick Saban wants to get Arch Manning. If he doesn't get him, they'll just go to the next guy. It is different. And I think it's a loss for Georgia because Georgia's put a ton of investment into, and I don't mean money. I mean, they've put a ton of time and, and emotional investment into Arch Manning, maybe more than anyone else. And it's a, it'd be a loss for Sarkeesian, but, you know, they'd say, well, hey, we, we, we did all we could do. Ole Miss has the extra stuff with the family and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's just – my point earlier was I think, for example, like you bring Marcel Reed in in two weeks or ten days or whatever it is for an official visit. And, again, that's not ironed out yet, but it sounds like it's getting there. Um, he's a high priority for other people. So here, let's, let's, let's use this as an example. You bring Marcel Reed in and you don't push for a commitment. Okay. Visit goes great because official visits go great. He's going to love Ole Miss. Uh, he, he likes the coaches. He loves the environment. They're going to take him out to the stuff, and he's going to love it, and blah, blah, blah. But you don't push for a commitment. And then he goes and finishes his school year, and he has his spring at, at uh, Montgomery Bell. Yeah. And, you know, he's a high school kid. I, I live with a high school kid. It's kind of day-to-day. And – um then in June, he takes an official visit to Arkansas, and they're in on him, and he loves Kendall Bryles. There's an interview up. Uh, Sean Williams of the Vanderbilt site did a fantastic six-minute interview. Yeah, I wish that everybody in our field could be that professional. Because in six minutes, a guy who covers Vanderbilt got him to talk about Vanderbilt, but he also got him to talk about Ole Miss and about Arkansas and about uh, – where did he go recently? Another place? There was another school in it. I can't remember. doesn't matter. He got in, got in to talk about those schools. It was a really good interview. So let's say and he talked about how much he really likes Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. So let's say he goes to Fayetteville and he has a visit, and that visit's going to be great too because official visits are great. Sure. He goes on that visit, and they push. And then he commits because you're kind of still waiting to see how this thing – That's to me, that's the risk. That's why if I'm Ole Miss and I can get – Marcel Reed, if I like Marcel Reed, and they, I think they do, if I can get him, I go ahead and get him. We talk about all the time that one of college coaches' biggest either positives or negatives is how quickly they recognize they're not getting somebody and they stop wasting energy on it and effort and they're efficient in their recruiting. That you focus on people you can get. And Arch Manning is the ultimate version of that because 
I do think it's getting to a point where you have to kind of know what you're getting there and you have to make that move because if he's going to push back to the fall, he is. He's holding multiple schools hostage in some different ways or they're allowing themselves to be held hostage, however, whatever voice you want to use on that. And if he waits till October and you know you're not getting him and you just wait to go, hey, we're just going to do everything we can and make it look a certain way. Right. Well, looking a certain way doesn't get you shit. Well, that no. doesn't do anything for you on the field. That's harming you with these other right. quarterbacks and these other things. So once not, you know that the odds are overwhelming that he is not signing with Ole Miss, go get your dude. Yeah, because the the loss is not is it's not not getting him. It's you don't get him and Rashada's at Miami and Reed's at Arkansas and Vazina's at Clemson and you didn't get any of them. That's the risk. I I think it's too risky. I and mean, then you know, frankly, as long as you're winning, you're safe for most of the fan base. Unless Cooper comes out and goes, "Hey, we're going to go to Ole Miss," but they signed him earlier, and you go, "Okay, he's not doing." that. And that so. would be remarkably disingenuous on yes. their part. Yes, that's my point. Because look, if Arch Manning were going to go to Ole Miss, he would be committing now because he would want to surround himself with as much talent as much as talent as he could, and he would want to get that ball rolling. Yeah, and he's not learning about Ole Miss at this point. He knows, he knows what he needs. He, to he know. knows what he needs to know, and and I know people do the comparison to the Peyton thing, and and back in the nineties, to, to me it's totally different. You can blame Ole Miss for that, I, I think. I mean, Billy Brewer went out and hired a veer option quarterback when Peyton Manning was a senior in high school. They were going on probation. It was, it was idiotic. I mean, they had run the program square into the ground at that point. That was. That was on Ole Miss. In this case, Ole Miss is they're coming off a sugar bowl. They're paying Lane Kiffin seven and a half million dollars. They're at the table. They're doing the facilities. They're doing all those things. Ole Miss has kind of done all it can possibly do. And again, I don't think the kid, I don't think Cooper owes his child to Ole Miss any more than Ellen owes her child to Virginia. I mean, I, I'm not that guy. I mean, you want to get on you want to get in on a hot to- button topic with me, tell me that you owe your kids. You owe your alma mater your kids. That's crap. But at some point, you go, hey, we did all we could do. We wish you the best. We're moving on. And I think Ole Miss is approaching that crossroads, and I'm kind of curious to see what turn they take. And from all sources, NIL does matter. Yeah, NIL matters. It it does. I know that's a discounted topic with some people, but no, that is. I mean, it's a topic probably for another day with Ole Miss. I wonder sometimes with Ole Miss if right now they have too many irons and too many fires and figuring out how to get the money and where to take the money is becoming an issue. But it's a little early for that. Who's a Kyle Wilson, thanks for the super chat. He says, who... A better coach going forward, Kiffin or Dabo? If you were Alabama, which one of the two would you pick to replace Saban? I, I don't. They're diff, totally different people. Um, I, would I, Alabama be comfortable with a Kiffin type personality? No, I don't think so. You think they're so program first at this point? Yeah. Well, I mean, but look, every college football team is the personality and the brand of your head coach. Sure. Coach matters more than team outside of NIL now in college in college yeah. sports. Now, Lane could change that. I think Lane has to win big at Ole Miss another couple of years to get really in that Alabama conversation. And I don't know that Dabo's in that conversation as much anymore. I, I don't. I don't know who it is. 
I do think Alabama's watching Mario Cristobal closely at Miami. If if he if he turns Miami around and they become a power again, I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, JM, I think it's a it's a little bit of a it's it's different and the same. He says, Chase, you said since the fall, Mrs. and our program was close. It is close outside of like five programs, but you're competing against those five programs in, in some of these battles right now. That's the problem. Yeah. Is Ole Miss is doing really well compared to the overwhelming majority of Division One. Well, like the, but, NIL's an NIL's an issue at Auburn right now. Yeah, LSU. L, LSU has an NIL issue right now. Yeah, sure. compared to mm-hmm. Texas, Texas A and M, USC, whomever else you'd like yeah. to throw in that that wagon. I don't know that Alabama has NIL rolling the way that they want to. Yeah. In fact, I'm fairly sure they don't. Tennessee, for whatever reason, just got way out in front of it. Mm-hmm. To their credit, it's worked for them. I think they're going to have a big time class the next couple of years. Look, they're highly motivated. Yeah, of course. And frankly, it takes some corporate stuff to step in that is lacking at Ole Miss, frankly. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a little surprised that State has been as combined with Ole Miss on some of the legislature stuff to really open it up because, I mean, I guess it's your only option, but frankly, you're even behind it. You know what I mean? Like, your State's a dwarf right now compared to Ole Miss in the market, so... I don't know what they would. I don't even know really what their strategy would be at this point. So, you know, I guess it comes back to the point. And the main conversation of this is, it feels like it's potentially time. Yeah. Well, I mean, move. look if you bring the kid in, and you like him, and he likes you. If you feel like you could close it, don't you try to close it? Because if you don't, and you let the opportunity slip, and then he takes a visit, and the other school that comes to mind right now is is Arkansas, but maybe it's Vanderbilt. I can't. Remember. He mentioned Arkansas pretty heavily in that interview because he just went. Okay. Um, because his dad did the tweet of him and the Arkansas stuff last night. So they all do that stuff. It doesn't it? Doesn't that does not? No, but. They're clearly on his mind, and he mentions Kendall Bryles, and Arkansas's made him priority one, I think. So you don't want to run the risk, if you can close it in late April, early May, of letting him go take that visit there, and then they go, hey, we, you're our guy, but hey, if you're not coming, we got to move on. Let us know. And he goes, I'm, I'm in. And with quarterbacks, typically, once they tell you they're in, they're in. I oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. have the stats on that, but. It's true. Quarterbacks flip a lot less than cornerbacks. DBs flip. Quarterbacks typically don't. I know there's exceptions, but for the most part. I ran a poll saying, does Lane Kiffin lose yeah, capital that's right. with Georgia you if Rebel. he doesn't? Ge- Georgia Rebel points out the other school that he talked about was Clemson. And Clemson's okay. out. So, yeah, it's down to – you're getting to this nitty gritty point with these kids. I mean, there's just a no. You, you have to lock in a guy at this point. Are you going to be the one le- left out going? And I don't. And the, yeah, the portal softens it, but but I personally think doing the whole hey we just can't do anything until Arts does something. I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. No, that's a that's that that's that's a program issue that suddenly you look up and you go, well, we just don't have a quarterback. I yeah. think he's going to Texas or Alabama or wherever, but no, I just can't because you're worried about reaction. 
Yeah. It's no longer about the best way to make your team the best. Because you wouldn't do that with anybody else. No, of course not. You wouldn't wait on the even the high four-star running back to I, do whatever. I don't know that there's another player in the country right now that that, would, that Ole Miss would do, even contemplate waiting, waiting and potentially losing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I interrupted you. You're no, at, you're fine. You're I was just pointing out, said uh, Lane's Kiffin. I said, does Lane Kiffin lose capital with you, speaking to the people in the stream, if he doesn't sign Arch? Uh, no, at 88%. Yes, at 12% as of right now. Yeah. So. That's about what I bought. That was the number I had in mind when I. I, th- I think there's a concern. When you go ten and two, you get a lot of capital. Yeah, I think there's a concern that you take a quarterback and that quarterback doesn't turn out to be all of that, and then Arch does, and people start revising history. Look, here's the reality. This is going to sound flippant, but I don't mean for it to. You get paid seven and a half million dollars to make these decisions. Figure it out. I mean, you know. Do it. Whatever it is, do it. I think with Kiffin, and I think this is fair, I think in the back of his mind probably he thinks, I do have an insurance clause one way or the other, and that's the portal. I can, I've proven that I can go to the portal and I can find what I need. And he has. He absolutely has. So I, I do think that factors in, but I do think at some point you also do want to land that high school football quarterback that you can build your program around. And they may have done that with Luke right off the bat. I mean, one of his very first stops when he got the Ole Miss job was Startville to go see Luke Altmeyer, who at the time was a junior. Right. And, I mean, if you made me bet today who's the starting quarterback on September the 4th or whatever day they open the season, I'd probably bet on Luke. Now, it's a long way between now and then, and a lot could and probably will change. But but you just want to continue adding quarterbacks to your room. You don't. I don't think you want to be dependent on the transfer portal year after year after year after year for quarterbacks. That feels risky, but maybe not. We're, as I've said this before. It feels like we're watching kind of an experiment in real time. Or that, that I mean, yes. So maybe that changes. Dart's success or lack thereof change perception at all? Immediate success? Probably not. Um, you know, no, 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 not, not really. I mean, look, if all things are even and you're going to be the program that builds around the transfer portal, you probably want the transfer portal quarterback to be your quarterback. Because it helps later in the portal. Hey, yeah. we, hey we, the guy came in, he played. They brought in these guys from the portal, and look at what they did. But at the same time, you got to play your guys. Yeah, well, yeah, Maybe. sure. I mean, if you got to play your better quarterback. Yeah, it's not guaranteed. And I think Jackson knows that from all accounts. Yeah. Heard that, well, hey, no, for sure. It's, it's, yeah, for sure. He knows it's a bit of a battle. Yeah. I mean, I – Yeah. Podcast brought to you part by Visit There's like two conversations yeah, that went through my head just then, and I was like, nope, nope. Nope. Yeah. Just, yes, that <laughs> yes, is the answer. That is correct. Yes, that is that. You is, are that correct, is. Chase. Yes. Oh, Lord. Visit Oxford, visitoxfordms.com. Double decker here in a uh, couple weeks. So if you're in town with that, I'm sure plenty of you will be. Grove Bowl, Mississippi State, Ole Miss Baseball. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
and then double decker over the weekend. The uh, the great egg hunt, April the twelfth. That's today. It's five to seven at the South Campus Trail. If you'd like to take advantage of that. I've also got uh, three blind wines tonight at the Powerhouse. So if you want to have, uh, have 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 a glass or two and take part, I'm pretty sure that's the Yonkman Arts Council putting that on with the three blind wines. Again, Powerhouse six to eight tonight. Um, home is softball at home against Florida this weekend. Baseball team on the road. And uh, plenty more going on. The uh, the OPC Easter egg hunt. A lot of Easter egg hunts. April sixteenth, nine yeah. to eleven at M Trade Park for uh, for that one. So um, you can do that. Several Easter Bunny photo opportunities. R and R Cookies having one at ten o'clock on April sixteenth. So uh, check the events page at visitoxfordms.com for all your Easter related needs. Are y'all past you're, you're past the Easter Bunny photo stuff, I'm right? Prime and Easter. Well, I'm probably past the Easter Bunny thing, but I'm very much in the prime for egg hunting and that kind of okay. thing. Yesterday, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. Doing the M trade thing? No, I'm already done two. I think we're getting. Oh, yeah. We're we're there's a limit. I feel like here to 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 how many is is required. Um, did that. Uh, we lost our first tooth this week. It's oh. been yeah. It's been a bit of a it's been a bit a bit of a week. Um, so. What's the what's the what does the ferry bring these days? Well, the ferry <laughs> was a little more generous because the uh, the ferry did not have a lot of assortment of cash on hand because yeah. don't really carry it. Um, is ferry do Venmo? What's, what has yes, that work? Well, so the first the, the, the first <laughs> tooth was worth five bucks, which I've had some people go whoa, and I said so, you know it's just it's a it's kind of like a down payment. It's an entry fee, and then we'll back off of I was it now. Say. Coming, yeah, 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 yeah. I would have thought the first tooth these days with inflation and all is like a twenty dollar tooth. <laughs> no, it was five, it was five bucks. Uh, so that was that was the bill I had on hand, and we ran through it. Um, what do you mean the bill you had on hand? Sorry, yes, there is. There's also the trepidation that I, I've heard from the ferry of. And I guess the first time you do it, you're a little more startled, and it gets easier as time goes on. Of the fairy being concerned with getting the tooth and leaving without any issues yeah. on the on the on the on the on the delivery. Well, that's why um, she's magic. Yeah. It takes a certain Tinkerbell type to pull that off. It does. Yeah, you yeah. gotta you gotta be light on your feet. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Athletic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at uh, eleven twenty six North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Been serving the uh, Oxford area for Almost three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Check them out at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We're also brought to you by Automation and Control Systems, LLC. It's a complete electrical control systems solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator based out of Baldwin, Mississippi. They've got a full-time, dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much, much more. To learn more, go to acsllcms.com or uh, call 662-601-4381. And we are uh, brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before while you drink. Overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game. And ready for the next place, go to GameChangerPatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And don't forget, Dead Soxy, best socks you'll ever put on your feet. All you got to do is go to deadsoxy.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout, 
get 25% off all of your orders. And uh, as we've been telling you about for a little while, Southern Traditions Farm, they've got camps starting on May the 30th. The camps go Monday through Friday, 8 to uh, 2.30, I believe. And uh, you can find out more information at Southern Traditions Farm on Twitter and Instagram. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Use code MPW to get $20 off your first order. Come straight to your door, delivery. You don't have to worry about picking out any seafood at the, uh, at the supermarket. Right to your door, four different flavors. The uh, Louisiana Shrimp Bowl, a little more spicy option. The signature, kind of more of a garlic flavor to, uh, to that, as well as the full meal options. The garlic herb butter or the French Quarter Alfredo. You pour those over pastas, vegetables, put them with steak, shrimp scampi, whatever you would like to make there. With Prime Shrimp, again, 10 minutes from freezer to plate. That's primeshrimp.com and $10 off your first order with MPW. $20 off your first order with MPW. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Have here. What you got? That's what I was looking. I had something pulled up and I forgot what it was, which is fine, but... Uh, we just mentioned it yesterday. Luca just it was a uh, strained calf. It was not the MRI did confirm that. So, is uh, is what it is. I was going to ask you the Cliff Notes version here because I don't understand anything. But in thirty seconds, forty five seconds, what the hell is going on with Russell and the Lakers? Well, the Lakers had an incredibly disappointing season. Sure, Anthony Davis was hurt a sure. lot of it. Sure, LeBron frankly, played some of his best basketball. I noticed that. Um, But LeBron had injury issues and missed some time. They made some bad personnel moves, including bringing in Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Yet the dichotomy of the criticism all going towards Russell and the numbers that he put up, including minutes, um, points, rebounds, double-doubles, triple-doubles, all that stuff, it's kind of disingenuous. Look, his game has declined. You knew it would. I think people always knew that once age took a bite out of Russell Westbrook, his game, which was built so much on just incredible athleticism, mm-hmm. would fall off because he's not – and look, I mean this in, in NBA terms, right? I mean, if Russell Westbrook walks into the YMCA, he's going to light everybody up. But his game – from a from a skill level, skill was never his most um, marketable attribute. It was just his raw athleticism, his ability to just go get rebounds at six three, his his ability to get up and down the floor and so explosive to get to the rim. To I mean, he's the guy that could you know drive past your point guard and dunk over Rudy Gobert. But as that starts to slip and his jump shot, which has always been bad, gets exposed and the media just kind of and the fans and everybody sort of tried to make Russell Westbrook the scapegoat scapegoat for that team or the escape goat for that team. And it doesn't really hold up. And they fired their coach and all that stuff. Bottom line is when you build your team around Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, you're good. And when he's not, you're not. And He's not healthy a lot. So that's that's that. Yeah, I mean, Joey makes a great point in the thread. He says, blame for the Lakers should go to AD. Westbrook was Westbrook. Russell did, I mean, we did the Chili's thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, at this point, Russell is. What's the place that has the menu that's like seven? Cheesecake Factory. Russell's Cheesecake Factory. You know what you're getting and you got it. He, that's what he got. That's what he gave you. He gave you a Cheesecake Factory meal when you went to the Cheesecake Factory and ordered off the Cheesecake Factory menu and pays Cheesecake Factory prices. How's that his fault? The other thing, when you build your franchise around 38-year-old people and guys who are, for whatever reason, and I don't mean this emotionally, I mean physically, fragile, that's a risk you take. Uh, Shakira Austin, the Ole Miss uh, board, goes number three overall last night to the uh, Washington Mystics. Uh, So number three behind... um, Melissa Smith from Baylor went to, and Ryan Howard from Kentucky, number one. So uh, those uh, those post draft analysis with the expected return of well, I, I don't know these people, but let's see. They don't necessarily need her to step in and score, but her rebounding and shot blocking skills, especially paired with Elizabeth Williams, should give Washington elite rim protection. They're coming from Charlie Graham. I, I, I don't know the players, so but um, that beats me. Well, that's what I started to like run down a bunch, and I went, <laughs> I, I don't know, so just stop because I can't really add anything to that. Uh, but anyway, third overall there from the uh, from the the Washington Mystics. So, I guess those original NBA teams all kind of have like the spinoff of the male, yeah, the NBA teams, right? Wizards, Mystics, I suppose. Well, most of them do. It appears that way. Yeah, yeah. like Houston was the Comets. Yeah, Rockets. That's right. Yeah. You gonna watch any NBA playoffs? You typically watch the playoffs a little bit. Are you Mavericks or Pelicans now? <laughs> Who are, are you? Grizzlies. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bandwagoning into the Grizzlies. No, I mean I would like to see the Grizzlies win because they're fun. And sure. I, I stumble across a good bit of Memphis media just living here. So I mean, sure, but uh, I still am more Mavs than Pels. I don't know why. I've never been able to really get into the Pels at all. I'm gonna be honest. It would be easy, but I, I don't. With the exception of Jeffrey, yeah, I I want Memphis to win. But you really kind of don't don't want them to win. But I would enjoy the media meltdown of yes. them not winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, kind of good either way for I'm, a minute. I'm, I'm really fine either way. I like the small market teams winning in a sport I don't really care about. Yeah. I, I like Oklahoma City, Memphis, those kind of cities winning. Sure. I mean, frankly, even Milwaukee. I mean, that, that sort of well, deal. Well, I, mean, I mean, I can tell you people in Oklahoma City were thrilled last year when uh, the Bucks won and Giannis stayed. And I think there are people in, in Oklahoma City who, even though they know that Memphis is going to be – quite the obstacle to overcome when they start to compete again. I think they would like to see Memphis win and Joss stay. I think that's a good precedent for them. And it's doable. No, it's it's very doable. I mean, you know, look, they they probably mismanaged the Durant thing in a number of ways, but you know, they almost almost got it almost got that done. And for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee and then get the title, and I think to get the respect that he got from getting that title in Milwaukee should be a motivating thing for young stars. Because as you see, I mean, going to Los Angeles or New York or whatever is not a guarantee to win a title. Building a super team is not a guarantee to win a title. I mean, Brooklyn tried to do that this year, and for a myriad of reasons, it was a disaster. The best way maybe to win a title is to do what the Bucks did, to do what Memphis is doing. 
to build a really strong roster around a star. Although Memphis has two stars. Jackson's a star. He was a, a number four overall pick. You still have to have lottery luck. Just seeing this here as we close. The Phillies third baseman had to apologize because TV's caught him saying, I effing hate this place last night after his second error of three. He was not slandering the city of Philadelphia. He was pissed off because he had three errors, guys. It's going to be all right. Why do you have to apologize? Because he said it? Because in an emotional moment. TV's caught his lip reading and lip read him, and he said the F word. Was he getting booed by the Philly fans? I'm assuming or he was yeah. getting booed by the, the, the fans. I said it. Do I mean it? No. It's a frustrating night for me, obviously. Made a few mistakes in the field. Look, these people, these fans, they just want to win. You heard it. We well, we come back. They're great. I'm just sorry to them. I don't mean that. Yeah. Joe Girardi says, I think it was a kid was frustrated. I don't think it was a kid referring to, you know, the city of Philadelphia or the fans. <laughs> I think he was referring to the situation he was in. I mean, put yourself in his shoes. Of course. That's a good quote. <laughs> Moving on. That's a good quote. Also, I keep making three errors, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing in Rochester or somewhere yeah, here. And I'm, gonna in, I'm gonna be in Scranton soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you really will effing hate this place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the goal is to stay there when you get there. Yeah, so I don't anyway. I don't think sometimes people. I mean, not just in general. I, the these guys, I mean, it's so competitive. Baseball's become so young. Yeah, like I've been watching a lot of games lately, just to kind of. Get into it a little bit. And there's players on all these teams. I'm like, I have no idea who the hell is that. Yeah. Oh, this guy's on the Cubs. Like they played some dude at first base the other day in Rivas, and I was like, who is that? I had no idea. It's why I mean, it's one of the reasons why. Look, during the week, certain times, like okay, now you're just you're you're, you're being a jerk. But it's a lot of times why if I get kind of snipped at by a coach right after a game, like he just had a really bad night, like whatever, <laughs> yeah. it'll be all right. I'm not, I'm not crawling under the field and all freaked out by it. Like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. Like you're <laughs> usually, usually. But I mean, again, I mean, it's, it's the one, it's the one profession where, hey, I know you had the worst night of your life, so come tell me about it in five <laughs> minutes, right when it's over. Like, yeah, come explain it, hey. So that third sentence you wrote, that double negative, you're such an asshole. Like, we don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. But in this case, I mean, had the kid said it in a, in a press conference, well, you'd sure. be like, well, you're a dumbass. But he's just he's uttering not, on the He's field. not realizing, yeah. That There's a camera on his mouth. He's just not thinking about it at that moment. Because yeah. he's pissed off at himself. Probably wanted to dig a hole. Yeah. yeah. And it happens. I mean. So. I mean, the Rockies won the game. Chris Bryant dropped a routine fly ball in left field the other day, cost them three runs against the Dodgers. I have a feeling that sucked. And in that moment, he probably hated Denver. Hopefully no media gets yelled at this morning. Uh, Ole Miss wins a game against Murray State, and we all move on about our day without without issues. Because we've had, we've had some issues on day on these kids' day games before. There's been, there's been yelling <laughs> in the past. Um, so uh, Murray State, 11 o'clock for, uh, for that one. Yeah, the one thing with Mike is, you know, when he goes, "Hey, I'm not trying to be condescending," and then it's condescending right after. If you have to explain to me that you're not condescending, I'm probably a well, little that's, unsure. That's hey, I don't mean to be offensive here, but <laughs> you suck. Okay, <laughs> nothing personal. I mean, this is not personal, but you, you're you're effing horrible at this. Well, his thing he used to do is, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just not sure you're right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> good. All right. Good. <laughs> So I mean, <sighs> stay healthy, win the game. You're not going to really get anything out of this, but you probably do. Some, their body language was bad over the weekend. Ha yeah. Have fun this morning. Just 
go to the park, have some fun, yeah. play a game, yeah. beat the racers for God's sake, and move on about your day. They're one and eight in the OVC. Oh God, they're one and eight in the OVC. I would make fun of that, but UNA was a transition team into D one three years ago. So yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another show. We'll talk about that and whatever else comes up between now and then. Lane Kiffin speaking to the meeting this media this morning around eleven fifteen, and uh, and more. So have a good day, and we'll talk to you soon.